Welcome to Delightful Discussions. We are your hosts, Maddie and Steph. We are two women bringing you wholesome content to accompany you as you go about your day. Today, we will be discussing hobbies, and it will be delightful. But first, we have some updates to share. Steph, I have collected at least two pieces of information to share with you from my day. I don't know if you've collected any. Tell me more. But I'm going to go ahead and start with one thing that I was delightfully excited about today and this weekend is that it is tulip season, which I know sounds really simple, but I really like in the spring when there are tulips at the grocery store. And I don't know why it just makes me feel like I'm like Belle on the like in the French countryside Mm. and I put my little tulips in the little vase on my table. I don't know why. I'm just like loving tulips lately. Yeah, do you um do you buy them as bulbs and grow them or as fresh fresh tulips? Fresh tulips, okay. Fresh tulips for sure. Yeah. I do not have a green thumb. Yeah. I just want to buy them from the store and cut like the little part off of the bottom of the stem and then just arrange them beautifully. Aww. But tulips you can't get at any time of the year. Like a lot of flowers you can get at the grocery store whenever but tulips you can only get in the spring so it feels like a special treat i did not know that about tulips yeah you can only get tulips at the beginning of spring wow i had tulips in my house in a vase last year for easter because i do i love tulips at easter mm-hmm. it's tulip season it's tulip season i've i i will say that i like tulip gardens the pictures yeah. of tulip gardens on pinterest and Tulips are a very vibrant and pretty flower. Mm-hmm. I was thinking earlier today when I was thinking about telling you this, that on at least one occasion, I have bought a bouquet of tulips for a friend and brought it over to her house and she didn't have a vase. Wow. I have so many vases. Vases? Vases? Vases. Vases or vases. I don't so know. many. It was crazy to me, though. And a little sad. Yeah. That she has never received flowers in a vase. And yeah. that she doesn't have flowers. Did you use a cup? A glass? or did Yeah, you... we just put it in like a pitcher or uh, something you would put lemonade yeah. in. Aww. But then Which I think I got her a vase okay. for like her birthday or something. But And vases fill thrift stores. I mean, people give vases away left and right. Because you have one vase, you have a million. Yeah, and if anyone ever sends you flowers, game over. <laughs> You've got another vase to put in your cabinets yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. They should have like a vase return system yeah. where you can bring it back to the florist and they can reuse it. Maybe they do have that. Maybe they do. I, I enjoy receiving flowers. I would I would enjoy receiving tulips, especially now that I know that they're so rare or seasonal. Yeah. Seasonal. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It's a special treat. Special treat. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Do you have so, a, a favorite color of tulips? That's a good question. The ones I have right now are red, but they have yellow, like at the base of sure. the petal. Mm-hmm. So the yellow that turns into red at the ends. Mm, pretty. Which are very cute. Pretty. I don't know if I do have a favorite, but I kind of like red. I like what's happening right now with the red and yellow combo. I love that for you. I Trader Joe's usually has a good selection of... That's where we got them from. Yeah, tulips. Tulips. And just to be clear, we're not sponsored by Trader Joe's. But we could be. 
if they wise up. <laughs> they're so there's something about buying flowers from Trader Joe's. They just lure you right in. Like the no. freshness and like the way that they put display at the beginning of the store, you can think about it and then go back easily and you're like, why not? Why not get flowers today? That sounds like a great idea. Or the way that they arrange it just makes it feel like a great idea. It makes you feel like you're walking down the street in a city or in Europe and there's a little flower stand outside. Yes. That's what they make it feel or like. Or the set of friends. <laughs> or, yes, the set of friends. <laughs> and then there's a the flower shop. Yes. And what are you going to do? Not buy flowers? Come on. Insane. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Tulip season. Beautiful. Peak. Thank you for sharing that with me. That is delightful. Mm-hmm. Very delightful. That's... Additionally, are you ready for my next piece of information? Yes. Additionally, so, lay it on me. Additionally. <laughs> um, I think this could be a future podcast topic for us, but I would like to know more about it. My father has started going to stretching sessions have you heard of this interesting i have i've seen ads on my social media and i was thinking about it the other day actually like you go to the place and they strap you to a table table bench thing Mm -hmm. and they stretch you yes and that is what your like appointment consists of I know. And it seems like it's like a simple thing. You're, you know, people are like, have you tried stretching or you just need to stretch or yeah, yeah, give, you know, stretch your muscles after you run or exercise. But it's one of those things that you just either don't do or falls to the wayside or you don't prioritize. And then there is now a service that will stretch you for a fee. And I'm intrigued by it because I'm intrigued by flexibility, but then I'm like, what does more flexibility really do for you besides make you feel like you have more flexibility? Do you it know? It does a lot. <laughs> okay. Tell okay. Me. So he's only been to one appointment so far. Okay. This is the information I have. All right. My father is a lifelong, not flexible person, like can't touch his toes, I can't remember when he's ever touched his toes. Like he he enjoys running. He enjoys the act of running. But getting up there in years, mm-hmm. if he's listening to this, I love you. And he wants to protect his knees. Like he wants to run because he enjoys running and he wants to be healthy. But he wants to protect his knees so that he doesn't have to get a knee replacement. And there's not as much wear and tear. So he goes to this place and they were doing their consultation and talking about, well... I I probably will have to have a knee replacement someday because I run and blah, blah, blah. And the person at the stretching place said, no, if you do this and if you keep up with it, you're not going to need a knee replacement. You're going to be just fine. And he went to one stretching session and said that all weekend he was able to like walk up and down the stairs much easier, like pick stuff up off of the ground easier. Just like his posture was better, like overall one session already able to move more functionally and i say functionally because i think that's the like whole concept of functional fitness Mm -hmm. i am super intrigued so we'll see how this goes he's supposed to go twice a week for a couple months and then maybe like less frequent appointments but i'm intrigued as well now that i know someone or 
um, someone who knows someone who's mm-hmm. actually gone and it's not just an ad on social media. That is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you always have to take anecdotal um, stories with a grain of salt. However, it sounds like it was very beneficial for him. Yeah, we'll see. Interesting. Future podcast topic. Maybe yes. we'll have him on the pod to discuss his experience. And maybe I'll go. And maybe yeah. you, you could go with me. I think you can do a free one. I was looking today because the same chain that he's going to. Yes. Which I won't name just in case it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. They have one in Gainesville as well. Mm. It's probably the one that I've seen ads for. Maybe. I'm just so intrigued with that. Because as a runner. As somebody who runs and someone, I also go to the chiropractor, which I think mm-hmm. helps a lot. And I am fortunate to get massages along with, or myofascial release with my chiropractic appointments, which I think helps a ton, mm-hmm. but it's little, t- it's little tiny helps. So mm-hmm. like he said, going up and down the stairs, just feeling a little bit better. And that's where I think stretching would help me. My barrier is that it seems so simple that I could do it myself. And why don't I do it myself? And why would I pay somebody to do that for me? Do you have those same barriers? No, not really. Because the way he explained it was that you do three levels of stretching. You stretch until you feel it. Hold that for a certain amount of time. Let go. Stretch until it starts to hurt, but it's not hurting as far as you can go. Hold that for a while and stop. And then they stretch you. They move your body to the point where it's uncomfortable. I would say painful, but I would say to the point where it's physically uncomfortable. And they keep you there for, I think he said like three seconds. They put you in the uncomfortable overstretch or stretch Mm -hmm. to your limit for three seconds and then they back off and then they readjust your body to isolate a different side of the muscle or a different muscle group and then they do the same thing three levels i don't know and i think there's something to be said about psychologically when somebody pushes you to that pain because they are there supporting you and they know that you're for example your hamstring isn't going to tear you know, mm-hmm. when you're stretching your hamstrings, you're like, am I going to tear my hamstring? Is yeah. this going to happen? Am I going to just, is it going to be like a rubber band or like a guitar string and just, Whoop. that's how I feel sometimes. That's why you mm-hmm. are so hesitant to put yourself even in that tension. Like you said, maybe not that uncomfortable tension, maybe not painful tension, but it is uncomfortable. But if somebody's doing it for you and you're on a table and they're, I don't know if they'd be licensed or at least, um, Mm-hmm. most likely trained to do this in a way that is systematic. That is and so isolating it yeah. so that you are in the right position. Sure. You're not, you can't mess it up. Mm. Sure. I don't know. Who's to say? We'll I see think, how it goes. I think you and I should go and get a free session together. Sure. Can okay. we have beds or benches next to each other? <laughs> couples stretching session <laughs> like a couples massage friendship stretching friendship sure. stretching yeah we can get um we could wear matching outfits oh my god <laughs> <laughs> our matching outfits would probably be black leggings and some sort of black or white top <laughs> or beige oh 
page. Soon our podcast listeners will come to understand my unending love of beige. No beige doubt. for all occasions. Once I knew how much you loved beige, I knew I just I knew it. I knew it would permeate every aspect of your life. I think that I could make an entire 60 minute podcast episode on the importance of beige. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately think that I could. I'm not sure that our listeners would like it or that anyone would like it, but I could do it. Fascinating. I'm sure you would hit with some people. So it's like that thought exercise. You're on your deathbed and the only thing is you have to talk for 60 minutes straight about a topic that you know about. What is the topic? Beige. Hands down. Beige. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever been through that thought activity um thought exercise would you call it a thought yeah a thought exercise a thought exercise however it does bring up um reminiscent thoughts of powerpoint parties yes which we could bring up at another time or we could segue into our topic on hobbies sure with the powerpoint party yeah note. if you've never heard of powerpoint parties good community building we haven't we haven't it done yet. it yet yeah. so we can't say that that's true. That's true. We, we think in theory. Yes. Theoretically. Thinking it's a whimsical way to, I don't know. It's silly. It's really silly. It is It's. It is straight silly. Yeah. So look it up. Um, you're, I hadn't heard of them until Maddie told me about them. You essentially get a group of your friends together and you present a podcast I'm sorry, podcast, a topic, not a podcast topic, a topic that you want to present to your friends that you know a lot about and that you could feel comfortable talking about for 30 to 45 minutes. It could be something you're passionate about, something you want people to know, something that you just feel knowledge about, knowledgeable, excuse me, about. Nope. I don't think it has to be 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Was that like too long? Like 20 minutes? 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Yeah, because I know it would be a, a really long party. I didn't think of that. I don't yeah. know why I was thinking 30 to 45 minutes. Anyway, yeah. And I think <laughs> you and I instinctively are like, yes, let me choose something that I am so passionate about. I am ready for my message to be heard by the world. And some of our other friends would say, no, I'm going to make a PowerPoint about why Beige is the ultimate color, or why gorillas are the ultimate animal. Like, it could be the silliest (laughs) thing. Sure. So you could either take the serious way and, Mm -hmm. like, want to actually share something with your friends, Mm -hmm. or you can be a little unhinged in a delightful way and (laughs) do something funny. But either way, as our segue, they would probably be hobbies. Yes. Tell me, tell me about hobbies. Talk to me. So in preparation for our discussion today, I looked up what the definition of a hobby is. So this came from a New York Times article. I don't know whose definition this is because it was not a quote. So anonymous here. But a hobby is any enjoyable leisure activity that we engage in voluntarily 
and consistently when we are free from the demands of work or other responsibility. So the important thing that I learned in this New York Times article was hobby versus an interest. Mm. Apparently, those are two separate things where an interest is something you have a desire to learn about, something you're interested in. Mm -hmm. So something that you would like to gather more information and maybe discuss, but in their definition or how they laid it out was that a hobby would have to be something you're taking more physical action on. Mm. Like you're doing action items or physically doing something for not just like researching on your phone or I don't know where reading would fall in there, but that might be kind of a gray area. But to help our listeners, Mm -hmm. I guess we'll say why we brought up this topic because I had a note to myself written that I was trying to work out the dilemma of why are there hobbies that I'm interested in but then never continue with was that it like things that I'm interested in but never stick around for very long or you start something and you just don't keep up with it or you're interested and then it doesn't turn into a hobby yeah it doesn't gain traction yeah in your life for one reason or another but I think that this outlines it well like those are interests Like I could be interested in things and like to talk about them and maybe follow Instagram pages about them or whatnot, but they don't always turn into a hobby because you need the energy and the physical action for it to be a hobby. Sure. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Yeah. I think the word voluntarily stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. And consistently, yes, that is also a factor. However, the consistency could look differently for different people. I think it could span a lifetime and maybe every season you enjoy homemade gifts, making homemade gifts at Christmas time. So it might be consistent, but not the way we think of like daily consistency or weekly or monthly. Sure. Um, Or tulips in spring. Or tulips in spring. Does that count as a hobby? Tulip arrangement? I think it started as an interest for you. Something you were... I do like flower arrangements in general. So I think that's a a hobby, but just lower on the totem pole compared to some other hobbies that I have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So an interest, yeah, doesn't involve as much action. Yes. That's what I'm learning. I agree. I agree. What are some thoughts you had about hobbies? Would you like to share one of your hobbies with us? I would. I would like to share a few of my hobbies with you. Okay. I enjoy a practical hobby. I do. Yes. Okay. And so one of my hobbies that I enjoy is reading. And one of the the genres I enjoy reading is nonfiction. One of the genres, subgenres of nonfiction, used to be called self help, but now called self improvement. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the hobby for its, for the hobby's sake. I enjoy slowing down. I enjoy the solitude of reading, being in a quiet space, and focusing on 
one thing. You can't really multitask while you're reading. I enjoy that aspect of it, but I also enjoy learning. I enjoy garnering knowledge that I feel would help my life in a beneficial way. Mm -hmm. And so I feel it's a very practical hobby. Another example would be running. I enjoy running. I enjoy running because it's practical. She's making a face for everybody. Obviously you can't see us. It's so practical. Okay. Listen, you can do it literally very various locations. All you need is running shoes and a road at various times in various temperatures. I mean, unfortunately it can, it's not always the safest locations, you know, and there has been, you know, unfortunately abductions of runners and it's very, very sad in the running culture. However, running helps me clear my mind. It's not just physical for me. It's how I sort my thoughts. It's how I kind of work through things and it doesn't have to be long. I mean, sometimes running consists of 20 minutes. That's it. And that is short and it's, it feels satisfying to me to get 20 minutes in and then that's all I need. I mean, I, I haven't throughout my life, 20 minutes hasn't always been the mark, but I, I'm going to tell you listener, listener land that running even for 20 minutes beneficial or going for a walk. I enjoy being in nature. I enjoy being outside. I enjoy fitness that is low cost. So running and reading are two of my biggest hobbies. Like if somebody were asking me, like I'm single. So sometimes in dating, one of the first questions somebody has for you is what are your hobbies? And those are like typically two of the things I say first. You have them at the ready. (laughs) I do. I do. Locked and loaded. Yeah. And those are, I think, admirable hobbies. Normal hobbies, sure. Um, attractive hobbies, yes. But <laughs> and also, unattractive hobbies are still important. Ooh, but Do back tell. to what you're saying. I appreciate that that you have aligned your hobbies in a way that you feel adds to your life. I think that improves their longevity mm-hmm. because as you're doing it, you consciously know. Yes, I enjoy this, but also I am doing this because it enriches my life in this way. And that is great. And I love that for you. Yeah. I, I, and I think I get a little serious about it. You know, sometimes I've put my hobbies in a box, whereas like tulips, for example, or flower arrangements, that's more whimsical and that's fun. And it's, Mm -hmm. it is practical in a way because it brings beauty into your home and beauty into your life. And you know, flowers or something about their, their smell and, um, connecting you with nature as well as connecting you with beauty and beauty in and of itself, connecting you with God or a higher power. And I like that about, you know, maybe some less quote unquote practical hobbies. Maybe all hobbies are practical in some sense in your life because they help give you your, your life meaning, um, outside of work and, or other responsibility. If we go back to the definition, because yeah, I don't think it says meaning in there. I thought you were reading some other part of my notes. Oh no, sorry. Uh, uh-uh, not yet. Um, but uh, life can't, you know, be just about work. Sure. You know, all, all work makes for like a dull lady or yeah. some, some saying like that. Do you know the saying? All work and no play makes Jack a dull, I don't know, 
I think the person's name is Jack, but I don't know what it makes him. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I like a practical hobby. I also like cleaning. Gosh, I know. So funny. So practical. So practical. And is that a hobby really? Or is it a responsibility? Is that an enjoyable leisure activity that you engage in voluntarily? Mm. No. I wouldn't say that, like, if people ask me what my hobbies are, I wouldn't say cleaning. So I guess let's throw that out. Some people like cleaning as a hobby. As a hobby? Yeah. I was listening to another podcast the other day about somebody who, oh, it was a podcast talking about the origins of Marie Kondo. Really? And Marie Kondo would spend her time as a child, apparently. Mm-hmm. Nobody get after Allegedly. me. I didn't look this up. Allegedly per another podcast. So secondary information. Marie Kondo would spend her time as a child organizing things in her house, like in her family's home. It's like reorganizing things, making like bins. She would save up her allowance to buy like organizational stuff. As like a young adult, I think she would reach out to somebody and ask them why they created that certain thing or like what problem it was solving like that is classic started as a hobby yeah making your hobby into your job yeah Mm. that is so true queen if i could if i may would like to go back to the meaning thing because i did have something to say about that please i was talking to a friend about this podcast topic and they were saying Um, the first thing that came to their mind was how hobbies can be related to living longer Mm. or your life after retirement. People that have hobbies that are active and doing things after retirement live longer. Heard of it. I don't have any statistics for you, but it's a thing. People that are active in their community, because we love communities here. Mm -hmm. People that are doing all those things live longer. And it made me think about Victor frankel who i brought this book with me of victor frankel's so i would say an interest of mine is mental health and psychology i find it interesting how the brain works Mm -hmm. and in the psychology world someone that's very popular that you've probably heard of is freud like you've heard of freud sigmund Mm -hmm. freud sure freudian slip exactly Mm -hmm. yes Victor Frankl was at around the same time as Freud, and they had very different philosophies. Interesting. That I would like to briefly discuss yes. with you. Go on. I love learning. So when people think about Freud, they like potentially think about like some inappropriate things like Phallic being attracted symbols. to your parents. <laughs> Is that what that means? I don't know what that means, but inappropriate like mm-hmm. pleasure things. Because Freud's whole philosophy i guess and his principle was that humans are driven by pleasure mm-hmm. so a lot of his works have to do with you know some interesting thoughts about humans seeking pleasure mm-hmm. victor frankel on the other hand had more of a philosophy that humans are driven by purpose mm. instead of pleasure mm. so victor frankel was I think he was either a psychiatrist or a psychologist and was working on whatever his like 
contribution to the science was whatnot when World War II happened and he was put in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. I've heard the stories. So he wrote this book, A Man's Search for Meaning. It's a really small book if, you, if anybody wants to read it. I want to um, borrow it. Sure, absolutely. Yes. So he wrote this Life book. Life Community. <laughs> Hobby. You want to read about it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yes. when he was in the concentration camps, he was basically observing all around him the habits and thought processes of the people that survived versus the people that didn't survive and noticed that the people that were surviving and fighting to survive were the people that had a purpose for him. He got, he went into the concentration camps and he had his manuscript with him and they made him throw it away. Mm. And so he had it all in his head and he was like, this is my life's work. This is what I'm contributing to society. This is what I'm contributing to the world of psychology. Mm -hmm. So I need to survive this because Mm -hmm. this has to be written down somewhere. This is my life's work. Mm -hmm. It was his purpose. Other people that had other purposes had the fight and like the internal fire to survive because they had a purpose of something they were contributing. Whereas the people that didn't quite have a purpose seemed to... um, Maybe give in to things. Lose hope. Yes. Lose their hope more easily and give in to things more easily. And that was his observation and why he thinks or thought that humans are driven by purpose. But I think that ties into the hobbies to kind of bring it back because some people can get purpose from their job. And that's great. And some people can also have purpose outside of their job. So like with a retired person that's not necessarily doing a job for work anymore, mm-hmm. a common thing in the mental health world is what is my purpose? You know, and if you have a hobby or um, a hobby community or something outside of work that you have contributed to, that gives you kind of a sense of purpose. And I think that's where we were on the same page when you said it gives you some meaning, mm-hmm. something outside of your normal nine to five ish job. Sure. And going back to the point about work, I think there are people who go to jobs that they hate and get up and go and slog it out. I mean, that was part of the idea with boomers who stayed in jobs for a long time and like the tagline a company guy Mm -hmm. they believed in hierarchies and working your way up and seniority and authority as the ultimate goal and thing to look forward to so people um, were very into tenure and were into staying at a company for a long time and investing in that and then thinking the company will invest in them as they age and as they work their way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting a little off topic, but I mean, people forget that we, we listen to the same podcast and this was a, a couple podcasts ago, but you go to a job for money. You know, that is the purpose. Uh, ultimately, not always. I, I would hope that people have fulfilling jobs and find purpose in their jobs, but that's where hobbies come in. Like you said, and mm-hmm. a retired, an, an individual who's retired, they have to find their purpose elsewhere, hopefully outside of their job, 
when they retire. And that's why I think people struggle to retire. I think that's why people <laughs> go back, leave retirement, mm-hmm. um, and go back into the workforce. Yeah, I, a sense of purpose, getting out of bed every day and having a purpose is very important. And I think pr- hobbies provide meaning in a way that's beyond, um, financial and practical. And I think hobbies are, yeah, they're fun. Yeah. They're delightful. They are so delightful. Yeah. I think we can sometimes get caught up in our minimalist, essentialist lifestyles where we, like we talked about last week, I think, um, what was the Mondays? Bare minimum Mondays. Yes. So in a bare minimum Monday, I think it would be easy to cut out hobbies because that's not essential. Like if you're just trying to survive, you're just trying to survive on Monday, you're not going to think, well, let me add in this extra thing that I don't actually have to do. But on the contrary, I feel like it's important for leisure, for to have some purpose and another opportunity for you to have community outside of your job, which for some people can be purposeful for others has to be for money. Like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I didn't mention about bare minimum Mondays in the last podcast that I kind of thought of after we wrapped up, I think it was later in the week one of the points that she made in that article was putting herself, her self-care above her job. Maybe not above, but in a priority sense. Mm-hmm. I liked that she was making the point to take care of herself. Because ultimately, if you don't take care of yourself, how good of an employer are you going to be? And that's a hard lesson for people to learn. It's a hard lesson for myself to learn. Mm-hmm. It's very not counterintuitive, but it's very outside the box thinking to say, I need to put myself first and then my priorities at work after that. And I, I think it's more mainstream than people think now, or I'm sorry than I think, but Mm -hmm. one of the things, one of the movements is just like, that just seems like a radical way of putting yourself first of bare minimum Mondays, putting up ultra boundaries I mean, many people, I'm sure, find a balance of putting themselves first and working a rigorous job and, you know, spending lots of time at work or having a full Monday or having a a non-minimalist Monday. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that they're, um, what's it called, when you have two things. Mutually exclusive. Thank you. Uh, They're not mutually exclusive, but I thought it was a good point. It's a, it's a growing movement to put yourself first. That's why back to the mental health. I think that's why people take mental health days and they're becoming less stigmatized. I'm still afraid to do it, but I think it's important. And, you know, some people I think still feel the need to tell their employer that they have a physical ailment as opposed to a mental ailment because of what that implies, or does it imply weakness in a certain way? Or does it imply that you're not really sick? You know, mm-hmm. and, and perhaps our supervisors at work right now are in, you know, perhaps they're young, but perhaps mm-hmm. they're in the generation of boomers. And I know boomers are starting to retire at this point. However, it just begs the question of like, are we filling our lives 
too much without enough hobbies, you know, without enough leisure, without enough things we find delightful and interesting. Sure. I have another discussion point I would like to bring up, if I may. Yes, please share. While I appreciate that your hobbies serve a purpose for you, like keeping you healthy by running or keeping you up to date on things or helping you with things that you navigate mentally, I think that play is very important too. I wanted to talk about play and how that ties into a hobby. Mm -hmm. So I even wrote down a definition of play that I would like to share because apparently today I'm all about definitions. So play is a flexible state of mind in which you are presently engaged in some freely chosen and potentially purposeless activity Mm. that you find interesting, enjoyable, and satisfying. So the reason I brought this up was because I am reading this other book from the library that is called Uncovering Happiness. And it says, Uncovering Happiness, Overcoming Depression with Mindfulness and Self-Compassion by, I would say, Alicia Alicia Goldstein, PhD. Mm-hmm. So um, psychology, mm-hmm. more focused. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's talking about, um, for us people that like psychology and whatnot, talking about how your brain kind of gets into a dysfunctional loop with depression and things that are natural antidepressants in your life. Hmm. So she suggests five things that are natural antidepressants in your life that if you can like purposely do will help prevent depression or help, you know, support improving your mood or Mm. I don't know what the words would be. But one of those is play. And I've heard this somewhere else before. And I think it is, I think it was Annie F. Downs. I've sent you her podcast before. Mm -hmm. I think that she is one that is all about play. I know she advocates a lot for being a beginner at something Mm. and being a novice and learning something new. Mm -hmm. And also advocates a lot for just like play and general leisure. So I think maybe also doing something that doesn't have a purpose other than just being pure fun is important to our lives and the play can maybe be little pieces throughout the day like i don't know listening to funny videos if you're by yourself or like dancing with a friend or i don't know i'm trying to come up with ideas in the moment and i can't think of them but i think some of those things could potentially be in the hobby realm but are more play like maybe yeah recreation might be a good example of it Mm -hmm. like something you're doing not for any purpose other than to just be purely fun Hmm. is apparently a natural antidepressant i believe it i believe it i mean anything that you do spontaneously i think the word that comes to mind for me is childlike which also happens to be my word of the year via a word finder of the year. We'll get to that at a, perhaps another later date. But there's something to be said about, yeah, 
leaving behind all the necessities and the practicalities of the world and entering into a childlike state. Sometimes when I look at kids, they don't have, they have, they're carefree, mm-hmm. they have a carefree state. They have no worries because they feel hopefully, you know, safe and protected and they have, you know, the, their needs met like the, the hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they enjoy play. They enjoy it. But it, it's funny that, um, that this can create purpose for your life. And yet in the definition that you read, it was, it could be purposeless. So I just I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it serves the purpose of leisure mm-hmm. and improving your health, mm-hmm. but no further purpose. Sure. And I think I need that. Mm. I think maybe you do. and I approach, <laughs> sure. Maybe you and I approach this hobby, approach hobbies in a different way where I cannot have my hobbies be all purposeful driven things. And if anybody listening to this knows me, they know that every moment of my day is a purposeful driven thing, unless I am napping or I have crashed. So at work all day, I am driven. I am purposeful. I am getting it done. So my hobbies need to be leisure. I like to paint. It could be the most elementary painting ever. It could look like a hand traced <laughs> turkey, a hand turkey traced on a piece of paper. <laughs> yes. Or I like, I've recently gotten back into coloring, coloring a coloring book. Like that Love serves it. zero purpose other mm. than I just enjoy it. And the colors are pretty. And I have a little cottage coloring book and it's the cutest thing ever. But for me, those are the hobbies that I like. I admire that. I put more emphasis on just for pure enjoyment. And they can still be shared with other people. Mm -hmm. Sure. But for enjoyment. I think that is really interesting because I I think if they knew, if our listeners knew me and knew you, Mm -hmm. like you said, you have a very purposeful day. You have a purpose for all that you do. I think if they knew me, I'm more in my feelings and I feel things and I'm a deeply analytical thinker and it's very feel oriented. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what drives my hobbies, the need for me to have my hobbies be purposeful because not every part of my day would be super purpose driven. Mm. But I, I do go to a job that I need to accomplish certain tasks. So there are definite purposes in my day. Mm-hmm. but there is much I do out of feeling, not everything. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm over-exaggerating this for the sake of the point that I'm trying to make, mm-hmm. um, but I admire that about you. It, it is like a childlike thing to go so countercultural to you know, color for a time and not have that mean anything or you know, be aimed towards anything. Like you're not selling your coloring, draw, color, color drawings, your coloring, your colored pages on coloring pages, coloring pages. pages. I mean, so uh, it is, it's almost like a goal. Like I should be more aimed toward play. Oh, I did want to ask these five things that she said, um, going back to the book. Would you like me to read the others? Yeah. So are they, 
Um, I was, I was just not sure if that she had to discover, you have to discover five things about yourself or they were actual pillars that she had named. Let me find everyone can listen to me. (laughs) Okay. Right here. Okay. Perfect. Five things. These natural antidepressants can be gathered into five main categories. First mindfulness. Do you want me to read the description for each one? If you think it would be helpful, you sure. Okay. Mindfulness, she writes, a flexible, unbiased state of mind where you're open and curious about what is present, have perspective, and aware of your choices. The second one is self-compassion, a state of mind where you understand your own suffering and use mindfulness, kindness, and loving openness to hold it non-judgmentally and consider it part of the human condition. I feel like we've had a conversation about human condition. Mm. No, that was with somebody else at work. Never mind. Mm. Number three, purpose. So a state of mind where you're actively engaged in living alongside your values, inclined toward compassion for others, and possess an understanding of how your existence contributes value to the world. Mm. So that plays in to mm-hmm. our conversation. Definitely. The third is play that I already read the definition for. What's the fourth? Or, excuse me, the fourth is play. Yes. And then the fifth is mastery, a state of mind where you feel a sense of personal control and confidence and are engaged in learning to get better and better at something that matters. Mm. So repeat all five, just the words. Mindfulness. Mindfulness, self-compassion, purpose, play, and mastery. Interesting. At least three of those could be linked to hobbies. Just saying. Absolutely. At least three. Purpose, play, and mastery. Mm -hmm. I agree. The beauty of hobbies. The beauty of hobbies. So true. So true, queen. Was there something else you wanted to say? I feel like I asserted those five. No, I wanted to circle back on them. But I think that we have covered... I, I liked your points on purpose and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah of what like what makes a, pr- a practical hobby a good and a bad thing mm-hmm. not a good and a bad thing but the why we need hobbies that aren't necessarily practical and what that could bring and contribute to our lives I think that's a a good thinking point for our listeners to consider in a in an age where I think productivity is rewarded where I think doing something or accomplishing things are very rewarded. We don't take time to slow down and do things for the sake of recreation, for the sake of play, for the sake of purposelessness, for the sake of, you know, doing things outside of responsibility Mm -hmm. and otherwise work. Mm -hmm. And it is an under undervalued thing in our society. For sure. We let, we allow our children to play. We want our children to play. Are, and be curious and be curious and um like we almost make their recreation into a job now that i think of it well some sometimes but in the um in the realm of sports or like music or having them have hobbies that mm-hmm. we project our hobbies perhaps on on the younger generation of which we wish we could have mastered or what we could have found our interest in you know maybe that's art or music or dance or sports mm-hmm. or business or math or anything like that whereas like I think a good 
rule of life is to have good balance and good hobbies for yourself. And it makes you a more self-compassionate person Mm -hmm. and it makes you a a more well-rounded person. Delightful. Yeah. I did think of another thing to add. Please. I don't have, I didn't have enough time to prepare and look through all of this to have all of the professional correct words to describe this thought but I feel like it's valuable. Um, the, the concept of diversifying, I think is also something to think about or something that I think about in my own life. So let's say you're doing, you're investing your retirement money or like you're trying Mm -hmm. to save for your future. Mm -hmm. The concept is you should diversify because correct me if I'm wrong, but the rationale is one of those savings vehicles may not go the way that you think it's going to go or the way that you mm-hmm. want it to go. So if you have diversified, you have a little bit of a safety net because the others will be there to catch you. Yes. The same concept I think applies maybe to your life, your hobby and leisure. So in times when I have been focused only on school or training or my job, When something goes wrong in my job, I come home and I feel like my whole world has crashed. Mm. I feel like I start having to have, like, I start having those bad thoughts about myself and feeling really down on myself and, and whatnot. And at other times when I have diversified, meaning I have hobbies, maybe organizations outside of work that I'm involved in, a community of friends things that I have on my schedule, things to go to Mm -hmm. when something goes wrong at work, since I have diversified in my life, I have all those other things that are going well to be the safety net and to catch me. So it's not as big of a hit when something goes wrong in one of those areas because I have diversified. Like don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Same concept. I think this will help or could help people with resilience the way Mm -hmm. that it's helped me with resilience. And I think that might also be where mastery comes into play in order to have a good self image and good self efficacy. You need to be able to do something. So if you can't master your job, find something else to master Mm -hmm. outside of your job. And that diversity will help, you know, will, will save you from crashing. I would say, Maybe not, like, don't take that to heart, but I guess I should say diversifying has helped save me from crashing because I have other things to pour my energy into and to feel self-confident about when one of those things falters. I love it. I love the idea. Diversify. I love the idea that if you, you know, I talked a little bit about balance and, uh, being well-rounded and this is where that comes into play because if work was your everything if work Mm -hmm. wasn't going well then everything is not going well and it literally feels that way after work if work is your everything and work isn't going well it just feels like you're crashing like you said like that was a great analogy and if you diversify and you have things to look forward to outside of work hobbies friends community things that you're working on that you're trying to master even if it's Mm -hmm you know, painting your kitchen or mastering, um, 
a new a new hobby like painting or mixing essential oils or um <laughs> or painting or coloring or yeah diving into line dancing or something that mm-hmm. you um are working on it just gets you out of your own head and I think you make a great point about re- resiliency I think that's a an excellent tool to helping you feel accomplished in another realm Mm -hmm. because there are things about work that you're not always going to be able to control. And Mm -hmm. back to the saying, we don't know (laughs) all work and no play makes for a dull Jack or whatever. Please write to us and tell us what it is. (laughs) Or we could literally Google it. (laughs) (laughs) We could, but in the spirit of fun in that. Yeah. in the spirit of play, um, (laughs) we're just going to play off these words that I kind of know. Sure. Um, and so, Gosh, and and it seems like such a simple concept. You're just like, you want me to go home and call her? But it is so true to be diversified, to be invested in, in multiple things in your life and to have a purpose outside of such a narrow one one thing mm-hmm. um, is, is really, really important. I think people get stuck in ruts very easily mm-hmm. um, and can can get into some, some dark places if they put all their eggs in one basket sure. and it's tulip season easter season eggs in a basket <laughs> tie it up with get a bow get your tulips get your easter eggs and be a party up in here <laughs> put them in different baskets yeah mm, we are so cheesy and then i i would love to hear from a um, parent on this we, we can just go ahead and say neither one of us have kids. So maybe one of your eggs for a while is being a parent, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But still, I could see the value in diversifying, although I could see it being a larger challenge as a parent. Sure. Maybe but that's also new, important. Yeah. Like the whole concept of a blue flame. Sure. You know, you can't. Being a parent is not going to be your blue flame. Yeah. It can't be. Save yourself from empty nester syndrome, maybe. Yes. We can't yes. say that. We can't. With any Concretely. Validity. But it's a hunch. It's a hypothesis. It's a theory. We'll test it. It's a hypothesis. Yeah. We're in the testing phase. Sure. If you're a parent and you'd like to come on the show, we are in the preliminary stages of considering having guests on. Sure, we are. That we are. Yeah, pre-contemplative if you will. I would say contemplative. Oh, okay. Contemplation stage. <laughs> I guess those that we... are aware of motivational interviewing <laughs> concepts. We have already pre-contemplated and now we are in the contemplative stage. Thank you for correcting me. Yes. We are contemplating it. Mm-hmm. It is an interest of ours, if you will. Sure. Do you have anything else on hobbies? I don't think so. I was having some struggles earlier identifying what my hobbies are. And then I thought, what would I make an Instagram page about? Mm, what did you come up with? What would I become oh, an so influencer interested. about? Because that would be my hobbies, right? So home improvement, really into the home improvement right now. Uh, crafts. I'm not as into crafts anymore. I think I think those are the same skills. The skills that I used to use on crafts have now translated to home improvement, like painting, decorating, etc. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was the wrong button. I we have sound effects. What were you trying to push? 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. Sorry. We're still learning the sound effect board. Yep. So that was not a joke. Okay, contrary to the sound effects that happened. No, I don't know. Home improvement. That's all I got. Yeah, woodland creatures. Beige. That's more of an interest. <laughs> I would say the woodland creatures, cottage core culture is more of an interest mm. than a hobby. Cottage lore, if you will. <sighs> yeah. Okay. These so people that's... need to learn to love me before we let all <laughs> of the weirdness out. <laughs> I think the weirdness is what draws them in, actually. Sure. Um, but you just said coloring, painting, uh, puzzles puzzles oh our love of pu- our shared love of puzzles yes one of the first times i hung out with you or met you mm-hmm. i was very attracted to your puzzle board mm-hmm. and then i had to go get myself a puzzle board because i had been contemplating a puzzle board purchase and then once you had one i was like this this person is next level she is i need to level up and get a puzzle board and it mastery has <laughs> <laughs> I might have lost some pieces <laughs> because of the puzzle board, but it's great for uh, for the, those of you listening that are considering puzzles as a hobby, which became big in quarantine because we couldn't go anywhere and people were looking in their closets saying, I need to do a puzzle. And they're great. Um, you know, I'd say that's one of my hobbies that's not so practical because it helps you think and do something that doesn't, it has no purpose or end besides sure. like accomplishing something besides mental like, fitness sure yeah yeah but i i don't know but you're not doing it for mental fitness at your age yeah like and once you do one puzzle like is it are you gaining that much more mental flexibility with it i mean some puzzles are more difficult than others we do know this we, we do, do know this um but puzzle boards are great i just want to put a plug out there for puzzle boards in general they allow you to do a puzzle in a in a small apartment or small space and then put it away and then continue to have your space for hosting for if you just don't want to feel super cluttered and an unfinished puzzle can make you feel a little like you said unhinged a little uh uneasy because you're like I just I'm looking at something I have not yet accomplished and it's a little hard for me but we can go down that rabbit hole a different day I love how excited you're getting about puzzles. Oh, I'm like, sorry. You, you went forgot. Off. You f- I forgot about puzzles. I need to do a puzzle. I was looking at my puzzles. I have a puzzle library. Uh, Maddie calls it a puzzle library. And she borrows puzzles from my library. <laughs> also, she was very distraught. I must tell you that she was very distraught that the library does not allow you to rent and or check out puzzles. I mean, this was just news to her, apparently. And <laughs> I just assumed that they would have puzzles. Okay? Do you know how many lost pieces there would be? There would be at least an average of four to five lost pieces, if not I don't ten. Care. Oh, wow. You listen, you would definitely care. Sorry. Oh, I was trying to turn you down a little bit. <laughs> wow. On purpose. Okay. Anyway, puzzles are great. You cannot check them out from your local library. But they are very cheap at the thrift store. They're probably missing a piece. I don't know if that bothers you. It doesn't bother me. Sometimes it bothers me. Just draw your own piece. <laughs> yeah. Cardboard. If, if you get Amazon 3D. packages. <laughs> Cut that out. Mastery. Another form of mastery. Mastery. Yeah. Their first cardboard cutout of your puzzle piece is not. It's going to be wonky and not going to fit well. Your second one might be a little <laughs> bit better. But it's not going to ever be the picture unless you master painting which you're all, or coloring. You are 
you are going into the most glorious puzzle spiral right now. <laughs> I just, you've tapped into a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Puzzles are great. They have been dubbed the Tetris of, of our generation. Yeah. Like, even uh, though they've an, been an un- around longer than te- yeah, Tetris, probably. Yeah. Like an un. No, they're Legos for adults. Lego, sorry, not Tetris. Legos for adults. Oh, sure, sure. Do you agree with that analogy? I'm done. I'm done with my spiral. That was, yeah. I think Legos can be for adults, too. Adults can do models. Some people have, like, giant, elaborate model train things that are so cool. I think you're missing the point. (laughs) Okay, the point is the popularity, maybe. Yeah, the analogy is that, like, most adults... I'm not going to buy some Legos. Like, I don't get into Lego lore or Lego... I don't have an affinity (laughs) for Legos. Yes, my brother-in-law, if you're listening, I'm sorry, Dan. But he... No, he would do that kind of... He he buys them for his... um, So I do have nieces. One of them is a teenager. And I think she still does enjoy Legos. Like, the more complexity... And there's also 3D puzzles. We... My mom True. did one when I was, I think, in middle school or like early high school, like Big Ben. And it was like, it looked exhausting. I don't know why she still had the desire to work on it past a certain point because I was like, these pieces all look the same. But like, and they were, it was like the side of a building. But so I can see the analogy with Legos. Yes. I'm sorry if I offended any of our listeners. All hobbies are welcome here. Sure. Bring your hobbies. We love you anyway. Somebody can convert me into making Lego And also, Legos are just not your jam. You're more of a puzzle jammer. That's not true. On Christmas morning when my nieces get (laughs) Legos, I'm like, yes, let me help you start this up. But I don't have much resolve in finishing. And then what do you do with your Lego creation? Then you have to break it all apart. And then what if you don't have all the pieces? It's kind of like a puzzle. Or you store it. You have to display your what you've created. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or you tear it up, but then you have to keep the directions with those pieces and not combine all your Legos into one big bin. Because that yep. is... Whew. Whoa. This can get <laughs> intense. We may need hobbies part two someday. <laughs> Ask us again six and, months from now. Yeah. We could revisit hobbies. I'll put hobbies revisited. Yes. I mean, they're playful. They're fun. I think they're a delightful topic, and I'm so glad that we were able to talk about hobbies today. I've I've learned some things, and you've given me some things definitely to think about that I hadn't otherwise thought about. Mm -hmm. And good book recommendations. Again, Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning, a small good book that Maddie's going to let me borrow, and Uncovering Happiness, which might be at your local library by, we think, Alicia or Alicia Goldstein, Ph.D., Yes. A little thicker, but you heard it well here worth first. It. You heard it here first, folks. All right. I think that's a wrap. Until next week, friends. <laughs> Keep it delightful.